for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. I want to prophetically say something to you tonight. All the wildfires that have been happening in the natural all around us is a parallel to all the wildfires that are about to happen in the spirit around here. Years ago, you may have heard about this back in 2010-ish, somewhere in there, there was a, a F4 tornado that ripped through Joplin and almost leveled most of the city, Joplin, Missouri. How many of y'all remember that? Well, we, uh, right after we stepped out from Rama to go on the road, that was one of the main places that we went, and we were there for a weekend, and the pastor, uh, I, I prophesied, and I said, that which just happened in Joplin with the tornado is a parallel of the enemy trying to counterfeit the, the winds of the spirit that are going to blow through here with revival and we went for 15 weeks from there come on now there's coming a time and i don't know when but i'm telling you where church doors aren't just going to be open on sunday and wednesday but i know it's sooner than later because of the hunger how many of y'all believe in the supernatural we were just in a, a church here that uh, we helped them launch their singles ministry and, and got to stay over and, and spoke in their church. Love the, there's a great family uh, down there in Seminole, Texas. They have 6,000 people in the, the, the community. They run almost 2,000. Do the math. That's a good amount. I mean, that's a third of the city goes to his church. Well, listen to this. I was talking about rejoicing one night. We all started rejoicing, and we were just going bananas. I mean, we were just calling in things, praising God and thanking God for things. And the uh, next thing you know is the next day, because I, I was saying, your praise can supernaturally echo forth from a church and bounce all the way down the street, and somebody hear it and get drawn to your praise. Come on. Come on. Acts 16, Paul and Silas. Come on. Their praise affected that whole prison, not just their stuff, not just their cell. You've got to realize your praise, come on, will affect everybody that hears it, everybody that's around it. Stop just thinking you're praising for your own life. There's some stuff that God has for you that when you begin to praise people in shackles that you don't even know need deliverance next to you will begin to catch fire and get free. The next night, the pastor said, you've got to hear this testimony. You are going to freak out. And I said, good. I love going to services and you freak out. My hair has never been the same. Well, your pastor's the same way. Now, (laughs) his is a toupee, but he didn't want you to know that. Very real looking. It's very nice. I didn't mean to be disrespectful. I love you. I mean, you're my dear friends. I mean that. I do. I think, I think so much of you. And I'm so honored to be here in your precious church's building and with your people. Love them all. I love you. you got great pastors. Come on. Let's give it up. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for these precious pastors. Glory to God. And you heard Joe Morris prophesied. We still have 15 more years at least. So this man comes in, he had supernaturally heard from miles away, down the highway, worship going on, praises and shouts going on while he was in his prison cell in a prison 10 miles away. You don't even want to hear this. 
He was released the next day because he was, you know, he got out and everything. But he had no one to get him, nobody he knew, no family anywhere. He had been on the run. He'd been in prison for a while. But he knew to be drawn to those supernatural shouts of praise. And there was a residual the next day. So the closer he got to the church as he walked, he walked. He didn't even hitchhike. He kept walking and he was following the praises that were residually left over from the night before. Come on now. That's why when you go into certain people's homes, you can be like, man, they, there's some prayer that goes up in this house. Come on, there's worship that goes up in this house. And, and on the other turn, you can come in and there's strife and all kinds of craziness. I mean, there's a residual effect of what your spirit can leave over. And so he gets in there. He finds the janitor. The janitor says, we're not open right now. He says, but I hear all these people praising God in here. He gets to the church, it's dark, he finds the janitor, he's like, what is this? I'm freaking out. He goes, no, 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 the minister, he was crazy, he mentioned this last night. Come on in. He goes, well, well, I want to get baptized. He goes, well, we can do that. The janitor fills up the tub. Dunks this freshly released prisoner. He may have gone down in bondage, but came up set free. It was on video. The janitor, the, pa- the associate pastor showed up and they started filming this baptism. He goes down and comes up praying in the Holy Ghost. Ooh, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but that, that'll crank your tractor right there. Turn with me, if you would, to Philippians chapter 3. I'm not going to take long with this tonight, but I do have a very pertinent message for the church. I believe that um, this is for everybody. Even if you're a visitor, I'm glad you're here. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to go past 9 o'clock. Please, please adjust your rear end right now and get comfy. (laughs) Seriously, I I turn the other cheek. That's what the Bible says. But I'm just going to tell you, these are special services. This is a celebration of 15 years, not on how to get you out to watch Desperate Housewives tonight. I'm here to celebrate what God's been doing in these 15 years tonight with you. Amen? And I believe with all of my heart, i got a prophetic word for you tonight that's going to set you more on fire than you already are. Hallelujah! Are you expecting tonight? Philippians chapter 3, let's begin reading what Paul writes to the church of Philippi in verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended... Which basically means to have already have captured or, or arrived and, and made it. But this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind or before. And he goes on in verse 14. It's easy to forget the things that are behind if you do this next verse. I don't just forget what's happened. I don't just forget the things that were before. I forget the things that are before, but I exchange it with pressing towards the things that are ahead. And he says this, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The word tonight for this church, and I hope you get it tonight. Don't look back, don't turn back. Come on, shout that with me. Don't look back, don't Look at two or three people and say, don't look back, don't turn back. Come on now. There's many of you turning back to tell people things, and I think you're missing 
the point. But let's do that for just a minute. Everybody look back to that wall. Just a minute. Look behind you. Just for a minute. Come on. Just a few seconds. Everybody turn and look back there. All right. There you go. All right. Now look this way. You ready to shout? That's the last time you're ever going to look back again. I was reminded of the story in Genesis about Adam and Eve and and, and how they all came into existence and how God said for them to be fruitful and multiply. And it goes on and says, and replenish the earth. And many times when we hear this, we think that God basically made the most awesome garden and put them in what is almost like an earthly paradise that parallels the state of heaven. Gives them a little bit of heavenly real estate here on this earth. But you've got to remember, earth is the earth, and earth is huge. So one garden in earth is not really what God intended for them to only have. That was their starting place. That was their launching pad. Come on now. And so what God was showing me is this. He said, when I said be fruitful and multiply, so many teach it and run with it to just simply have a bunch of babies and have a bunch of gardeners. But to be fruitful and multiply was to look at that garden and to take it and go, this is our prototype. Out of this garden is every seed that we need. Out of this garden we can plant and spread the garden. In this garden we can make more gardens and more gardens. That garden was supposed to spread like wildfire across the earth. The entire earth was supposed to become one big garden of Eden. But because of their disobedience... We know the story. It was amazing, though, as he was walking in the cool of the day, he was specifically looking for Adam and Eve to fellowship. But when he couldn't find them, it wasn't because God's gotten old and his name, Rock of Ages, is now a bad confession. He's like, where are they? (laughs) You know, God knew where they were. So when he said, Adam, where are you? He was actually saying, Adam, I know where you are, but do you know where you at? And listen, if you need a miracle in this place, don't you leave. Seriously, I don't know why the devil talks so loudly to people in my services. Bless God, I bind that in the name of Jesus. Seriously. Had a lady one time getting ready to walk out, had this this, uh, arm all up in this thing. And she was getting ready to leave. And they were all dressed to the T and they looked like, you know, ministers and all. They were sitting in the back and they were leaving right at an inopportune time. I could tell they were upset about something because I didn't do it the way they wanted But the thing is, what if you get your miracle the way you don't want it? You have your miracle. And if it supersedes the way you wanted it and haven't gotten it over 30 years. So I said, lady, do you want your arm healed? I don't care if you go. You can leave early. That's fine. But I want to know, do you want to be healed? And she just looked at me and then looked at her husband and was kind of like, well, yeah, of course. But, you know, she didn't know what to do. And her husband says, we're fine. Punk. And so, <laughs> come on, man. I may not be as polished as you. I'm sorry. I'm working on it. And so, anyway, I said, Well, who are you? What's your name? And he goes, uh, My name is Minister Brother So and So from X Church or whatever. And I went, Oh, praise God. And I said, Can I lay hands on her and see her arm instantly healed? No, she's going into surgery tomorrow, and it's broken in three places. 
I mean, what's the worst that can happen? She's already got it banged up in three places. Like the doctor's going to go, did you, did you have somebody else touch this? I'm used to the opposite, you know, like, what did you do? This was broken in three places. Now it's perfect, you know. But you can't make people want to receive God, you know. They want to receive him how they want to receive him. And it, you know, comes to my next position in Exodus 14. God called Moses a stutterer to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. And I I asked God one time, I said, why did you call a stutterer who can't talk, who's not eloquent in speech, why did you call him to lead out all these children? He said, because I want to use those that really don't think they can do it, that really don't think they're good enough, that really don't have their trust in their ability, but they have their trust in my ability. Come on. That 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 may 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 not get to get 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 it out eloquently enough, but praise God when God starts speaking through them, the stuttering stops and the miracles begin. Look at your neighbor and say, "Tonight's my night." Somebody shout it again. Don't look back. Don't turn back. This church is going forward and it's marching with some orders. It's marching with anointing. It's marching with power. It's marching with glory. Hallelujah. And supernaturally, people are going to hear about this place. And supernaturally, that they've been driving by and the devil's blinded their eyes. It's going to be like a lighthouse calling them in. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, there's some power getting ready to come up in each and every one of you members. Glory to God believe God's turning you members into embers and he's blowing on you and causing fires. Hallelujah. Woo. And so God calls Moses, an unlikely individual, to come and lead out. And there's more to it than that. But bottom line is he calls somebody who really, really did not want to do it because he was too reliant on what he thought he couldn't do. And then God was calling him because of what he knew he could do in him. I just gave you the definition of your calling. And so what happens is, is he goes to Pharaoh and he presents his case to Pharaoh and he'd been kind of fighting God a little bit about it, but he goes and he tells God, you know, or he goes and tells Pharaoh, God told me to tell you to let the people go. Well, you know the story. I mean, there were frogs, there were locusts, there were all kinds of plagues that were happening. And, and, you know, because of Pharaoh's hardened heart. But there was a time where that got through. The persistence of God's call on Moses got through. Moses began to obey more and it got through. And Pharaoh finally said, fine, take them. I don't want to deal with you anymore. I'm telling you, all it takes is one person with a a vision that can start a revolution. God only needs one person in here to start a fire. God only needs one one person in here that'll cause miracles to pop like popcorn i'm telling you but then if we get that one and that one and that one and we all start coming together what can we see happen in these next 15 years so he leads them out of bondage and as they're on this way if you study this out god actually leads them away from an army that was encamped on this side and actually on purpose led them from that camp over to what would appear to be an impasse at the Red Sea. Now, I know you know this story, but please don't take me down the road you always go down, and that's, that's as high as your faith will go. How many of y'all want to go higher? Let's hear with a hearing ear. Stop taking me down the road you always go, because some of y'all are already on the other side of the Red Sea. Come on. 
You've got to think like they did. They'd never seen a Red Sea part. They didn't even know it could part. They didn't even enter into their mind the things that God will do for those who love Him. And so what happens is, is God intentionally led them away from this army and intentionally led them to what seemed to be their demise. But when you're following God, you know he's got a plan for everything he does. He led them on purpose away from that fight to bring them over to this one. He knew they'd win. I'm going to tell you right now, God will never lead you into a battle he intends for you to lose. Come on now. He will never lead you into a battle that he intends for you to get slaughtered. In. He only leads you into those that have already been conquered, that you're already victorious over. Come on, that you've already won. You may not even know you've already won it. You may be standing at your impasse and going, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to get through this? How are we going to go ahead? How are we going to get forward? How are we going to make it happen? This is crazy. It's just clouding up. Stop saying what it is and start calling those things that be not as though they were. Thank God Jesus didn't go to the tomb and cry out, Lazarus, I'm so sorry. What did he do? He told them to move the stone away. This is a parallel of what God told the angels to do when Jesus was in the same. He said, move that stone. And they were saying, well, don't you know by now he stinketh? What is it with chicks? Like they don't ever stink. You know what I mean? Come on. Now, Now, my wife doesn't. She's not here. She glows. When she sweats, it's which flower of the month. I don't know. It's crazy. She goes, do you smell me? Do I? What is that? I was like, that's lavender. It's beautiful. (laughs) Well, what about this? And I'm like, the island breeze. (laughs) And she goes, have you had nasal problems all your life? And I'm like, no, I'm serious. You smell great. But you know, I mean, so Martha's saying, don't you know by now he stinketh? Which is another way of saying, don't you know he's dead? Why are you acting like he's not dead? Why are you treating this like he's not dead? Come on, somebody. There are people that are going to look at you in your faith walk and go, don't you know that that bill, it stinketh by now? Don't you know that your child, he's run off and he ain't coming back? By now, he stinketh. Come on. The devil is such a liar. He's trying to tell you that your faith is stinking, but your faith is the thing that's bringing the aroma of miracles to the thing. And instead of going, yeah, you're right, he stinks because he's dead. He's been in there three days. Sure, he smells. No, he was doing something different than what you were planning. He told him to roll the stone away and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Man, what an introduction. What do you think he did when he came out of the tomb? No, he didn't come out like that. He was still in natural bandages, bondages. So when he called Lazarus forth, come on, sometimes your miracle doesn't come wrapped the way you think it should. Come on now, but it's still coming out and it's hopping towards your voice. Come on. 
Some of y'all have had things dead in your life for so long. Some of you have had some things that you never thought you'd get out of. Some of you have been told it's never going to happen. You might as well forget about it. But I'm here to tell you, you better start shouting, come forth. Come on, somebody shout, come forth. You better not look back. You better not turn back because there's some good stuff ahead. All I see is a Red Sea. Are you ready for this? You could have done it in your own natural thought. Why didn't we go? Why didn't we go over here? We should have gone over here. At least we had a chance. No, 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 no. Well, I just heard. I don't you don't look what's happening right now. Pharaoh is chasing us. He's breathing down our necks with his horses and his soldiers to come and get us. You know what, Moses, I see what we're looking at. Come on now. I can observe. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. God would have me use some wisdom. That's for the younger people that are fleek and off the chain. Don't, older people don't even try to learn it because as soon as you do, they come up with something else because you not, oh, they say fleek. That's so old. I think I tweeted that like last week. So now listen, God will lead you to things that you don't always understand. I hope I'm going to get somebody in here tonight. It may not make sense for him to tell you to do this or to do that. Stop looking at your natural circumstances on whether or not you go forward or not. Well, there's no way I can go forward. I can't go forward. There's a sea there. Oh, but I'm going to tell you something. You don't see what God sees in that sea. That's why we go by faith and not by. Come on. That's why we go by faith and not by. You can't always look at it. That's why you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you want to have kingdom of God power, you've got to stop being led by circumstances and situations. And when he says, go face that Red Sea, I'm about to do something. You need to go. I don't know what he's going to do, but this is where you want to be right now. I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't. Hey, something's about to happen right here. But don't you know there was a fear that Moses must have had because even though... He led them there. His band of wonderful folks that were following him began to really encourage him by saying, it would have been better that we never left the brickyards of Pharaoh. Come on, now as a leader, I don't need that. I mean, if he's not careful, he's about to get filled with the Holy Ghost before it's even time to get... You know what I'm saying. You'll get that. And so here now, he looks over and he says to them, I didn't even want to be here. I didn't want to lead you, but now I'm committed. So I'm going to tell you something. By faith, as your leader, while you're complaining about you should have been back at Brickyard Pharaohs getting beat up and getting spit on and mocked and sunburned and dehydrated and mistreated and foul-mouthed and all this as slaves, I would rather die out here as a free man than to live the rest of my life in that bondage. But I'm going to tell you something else. Stand still. Fear not. And know that the Lord's salvation is coming to us today. The Egyptians that chase us today, your enemy that chases you today, will you again see no more.
forever. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not getting it. See, see, here's the thing. There's stuff that's been chasing you for a long time. There's stuff that's been hounding you for a long time. There's certain habits you can't shake for a long time. There's certain attitudes you can't get away from. It's like, you push my button, that's what you're going to get. Listen, Raggedy Ann, before you get too crazy and we push another button and you go, ah! I'm telling you, you have control over that. The people that get you the most mad, I'm helping you, are the ones that have the most control over you. You know how I know that was a good word? Because everybody was like, yeah! As a leader, God spoke rose up on the inside of him he looked back and declared with great faith and great leadership and said stand here be of faith don't fear the salvation of the lord is here with us and the egyptians your attackers who you see today you will again see no more forever i'm about to tell you something the stuff that's been messing with you for a long time you're about to see again no more forever Let me come over here to the smoking section. I said, there are things that have been hounding you and attacking you for so long, and you're about to see them again no more. Forever, 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 forever. I know you're having a hard time believing it, but I'm telling you, there's something on the other side of your Red Sea. There's something that you haven't seen yet. There's something you haven't believed for yet, and God's big enough to manifest it in your life. Come on. Maybe this will help you. You may not know your worth based on your relationship with God. You may not be able to look and say, God, I know I'm worthy because of your call. I believe you'll get there. Lord, I don't, I don't understand the worth. Maybe you feel like Moses. Maybe you feel like a stutterer. Maybe you can have, hardly lead yourself to church. Maybe you can hardly lead yourself into prayer or worship. And I get it. I understand. Things can be crazy when you're not giving him full place in your life. I've been there, but thank God that's changed. But I'm going to tell you this with boldness. If you don't understand your worth simply by what God has called you to be and called you to do, then know that your worth must be something if your enemy pursues you. Do you understand that? Why does the devil want you back so much if you weren't worth something? I believe with all of my heart there's some things that the enemy sees that's in you that you don't even see that's in you. But when you start spending time with God, you look at Red Seas and go, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do something. That's my God. He's a doing something God. Well, right after he had given that great word to the people, got them all cheering, shouting like Braveheart. Remember that movie? And so here he is. He's galloping along and he's saying, ah, we're going to again see the Egyptians no more forever. They're all like, yeah! And they all have been crazy. And then he turns around and God starts talking to him. And he says, Moses, why are you crying unto me? Do you understand that leaders are human too? Do you understand that your pastors are human too? They seem awesome and they are. They seem invincible and in some ways through the grace of God, yes. 
But they're human like you. Guess what that means? They're only perfect through the blood of Jesus like you. And just because you don't agree with everything does not mean that they can't still speak as the oracles of God with faith-filled unction and turn around to you and say, you're going to get through this. You will be healed. You are going to make it. And don't you think there are times when they turn around in your behalf in intercession and they begin to cry for you and begin to hear these words. Why are you crying unto me, Moses? One minute he was speaking as the oracles of God. The next minute he's in just this, this agonizing defeat about, oh God, what are we going to do? Come on now. Exodus 14, that whole chapter will bless you. It'll mess with you. But he says this. He says, instead of crying unto me, I want you to look out at the sea. And I want you to lift up your rod, your staff, and your hands. Come on. And I want you to part the Red Sea. Look, if it was all God, by the time they got up to the Red Sea, wouldn't it have just begun to open? Even Moses would have went, shucks. But instead, what did he do? He got to a place where he still needed Moses' leadership. He still needed the anointing to flow through Moses. Come on. So the word he just spoke and declared doesn't mean that the enemy wasn't messing with him. Didn't mean that the emotions weren't still riding high. Come on. I'm telling you, when your pastor speak into your life, don't sit around and try to find fault. Don't try to see why it's not going to happen. You need to believe that they're speaking forth as God's children into your life. And glory to God, like my mama used to say, did, did that I stutter? Go clean your room. Mom, all I heard was gabba bugga bugga bugga. Yeah, whack, 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 whack. All right, anyway. You can only handle that so much. At 21, I'm, I moved out. Anyway, so. But I'm glad you're here tonight, Mom, Dad. God bless you. People are going to come up later. Which one was your mother? So he said, lift up your rod, lift up your staff, lift up your hands and divide the Red Sea. Apparently God can do anything he wants, but he chooses it to do it through people that will obey. Moses just performed a miracle under the unction and anointing of God Almighty based on his obedience. Come on. Well, brother, religion will start arguing with you. Well, God's the one that parted the Red Sea. I know he did through the power he put through the obedience of the guy he called to lead. Because if it was just God, then he would have just done it. He'd been like, man, Moses, really, he gets nervous. He can't talk at all, so I got to part this thing. No, no, that's not what he did. He still wanted to show, come on, the miracle to the children through their leader. And what's weird is right before the miracle happened with the leader, the leader had been crying to God, wondering how they were going to get out of it. Come on now. So I wanted to tell you this. There's just some things you're not going to see part in your life or depart in your life until you begin to lift up your hands and begin to praise God. Oh, come on now. Ah, somebody's getting it over here. Somebody's getting it over here. I'm telling you, you're at an impasse. You're facing impossibilities. But God's been telling you, why don't you just worship me? You don't understand the power in that staff, the power in that rock, the power in your hands. When you lift up your hands and begin to praise God, things that were impossible become possible. Things that were supposed to stay still now begin to move. Things that were never, ever going to move begin to get thrown into the sea. Come on now. Mountains which can't can't be moved begin to move through your voice 
Do not stop worshiping God. Do not wait for the song to say, we lift our hands up. Because I believe right now there's some people going through some things. You've been facing some junk in your life. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's getting ready to fall and disappear just because you're willing to stand up and begin to lift up your hands. Begin to lift up your rod and your staff and begin to part things that you didn't think you could part. Come on now. There's some things that you are facing in your life that are getting ready to change just through the fact that you'll begin to worship God. I'm telling you, you need to not look back. You need to not turn back. David at one time, you may say, well, didn't he look back? The only time we see David looking back is when he was about to run in and throw down on that giant. Come on now. He was heading towards Goliath because an entire army full of those that were experienced could not fathom chasing after this giant and trying to defeat him but then somebody who was in their position oh boy I gotta come on now I, I gotta work this out give me just a minute you're welcome but I got to work this out he was in his position and didn't even realize he was about to step into his calling Don't you think the position that God has you in now, no matter how hard it is, no matter how struggling you may be, no matter how unsubmissive you may feel, if you'll begin to do your position that you are in right now as preparation for the calling you're about to step into, you will have a smoother transition from your position into your calling. Watch this. He was a shepherd boy bringing some lunch up to the soldiers. And here he is, he looks out and he says, what's going on? What's this giant all shouting about? See, I want you to know this. People that understand their calling, people that are willing to be in their position for a little bit, however long that takes, people that are willing to submit. Am I, did I lose you on this yet? I mean, I'm trying to help you because I believe there's some people in here facing some giants and I'm here to tell you tonight, by the Holy Ghost, all it is is a giant. My God. I'll never forget this. When God gave me that revelation, he said, son, it's only a giant. You need to get that revelation right now. If God looks at it and says it's only a giant, you must be tripping if you think that that giant's bigger than your God. I'm telling you right now, God is bigger than any giant. God is bigger than any circumstance. God is bigger than any Red Sea. God is bigger than anything you could ever face. And guess where he is? He chose to live in you with your permission. You You've got the creator of the universe on the inside of you. You better shout, it's only a giant. What you afraid of? Come on now. This shepherd in his position, not his fulfillment of calling, but his position currently, comes in smelling like sheep, looking like a shepherd, but, you know, just coming in, doing his thing, bringing them lunch, serving. And he looks at these men of valor and these soldiers, and he's like, why do you all have feathers sticking out of your armor? One began to manifest And he said, name yourself He goes, El Pollo You'll get that later If you're fasting right now You're like, I know what Pollo is As soon as you said it, I can smell it Oh, when will this fast end? I just started it an hour ago. Anyway, let's move. He steps in and he heard the same taunts 
that the soldiers heard. The giant, this is going to mess with you, but it's going to help you. The giant never intended to fight. I know it's not a giant, but they're three years old. I saw them, they're all rushing out to get their kids. They're not even waiting to check them out. They're grabbing them by the ear. Come on, I'm about to miss this. He's like, come on, I'm about to miss this. You are awesome. Now listen. He heard the same thing that the soldiers heard. He saw the same thing the soldiers heard. Say, I'm with you. But how did he respond to the same things he heard and saw? It's only a giant. And so what happens is, he says, what does the winner get? Oh, I like that attitude. Thank God for that vigor and that passion. He said, what does the winner get that takes this chump out? Man, this is before UFC. Are you hearing me? This is good. It's about to go down. And in this corner, weighing in at 170... David, the shepherd. That's not a good name. And well over in this corner, standing over 10 feet tall. God knows how we don't have scales that can measure this guy so big. The giant Goliath. And all there, everybody's, woo. And the shepherd's over there going, all right, all right. Saul comes up and says, here, here's my armor. He goes, no, 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 no. Your stuff weighs me down. I'm not talking about being disrespectful. He wasn't being disrespectful, but he was just saying, look, I'm not in here to fight for me. I'm fighting for us. And if you want us to win, let me use stuff that I've been using when nobody else was looking. Let me use the stuff that you didn't go to battle with because apparently the stuff you used to go to battle with isn't good enough or you'd already be fighting him. He says, just give me some stones and give me a sling and is that all you need? Yeah. Okay, here's spit in a bucket. All right, go get him. He started running at Goliath. Who runs at their giant if they're expecting to lose? When you get attacked, don't you run and hide? You turn to it and run at it and go, Hey, I give God all the glory and I thank you right now, Lord, that by your stripes I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, that my God, you meet all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that I'm more than a conqueror. Come on. You begin to whip those stones out of your mouth. So what happens is, is he takes out Goliath. We know the story because he was only a giant. When you look at your stuff that's attacking you as bigger than God, that's why you're not seeing your answers come to pass. The only time David looked back was right before he went into battle. The only time I allow you to look back is right before you go in to conquer something else. The time he looked back was, I killed the lion. Oh, come on now. I killed the bear. 
And this uncircumcised, no covenant with my God thing is also going to go down just like the lion and the bear. I'm telling you, until you learn to rehearse the victories from your past, that's the only time you need to look back. Because as long as what you look back on is to help you launch into what you're about to do, it's all right, honey. Talk about the lions you kill. Talk about the bears you kill. Then that giant's going to understand he's meditating on victory before he ever gets to me. When you meditate on victory, then guess what? You start speaking that way. When you start speaking that way, your feet gravitate to that thing. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.